Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. In this one, I'm gonna be interviewing Amor Danya. He's a friend of mine that is very motivational to me. He was born in Nigeria and is a very smart dude. He went to a boarding school for the top 10% of students in Nigeria academically. And then he got into football and sports and transitioned into fitness where he does uh, fitness YouTube. He has videos growing there and as well as his fitness Instagram, if you wanna check that out as well. But uh, he's living the fitness lifestyle and he has dreams that he's chasing and things that he wants to do. And I thought it was a really interesting interview just seeing someone who is has that motivational spirit, um, just trying to step into his mindset and understand Amorshi from a level of, you know, how do you stay motivated? How do you, um, you know, find out what you wanna do uh, there's a really part there's a really interesting part in this podcast where he talks about just trying things out and how after he left the football scene he tried out m- multiple different things and uh, that's what led him into what he's doing now with his fitness YouTube and his f- fitness Instagram and uh, yeah it was it was really cool to hear like his story and I think this one is gonna be a great episode for someone who maybe you have a idea on the back of your mind and you just want to try it out. Maybe it's like you're working at your uh, day job or at your in your career, but you have some hobby, whether it be painting or sculpting, or I, I don't know, I don't know exactly what it is, but he breaks down a good idea of how to, you know, work your career, but on the side, work something that you find like more passionate as a passion project. And it's cool how he explains how you can blend that together. And it just comes down to trying things out. But uh, I guess that's about it for the intro. Um, and let's jump into this podcast and meet Amorshi Danya. Welcome to the Zenfulness Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremiah Schmidt. And this podcast is about the transformation process for people who envision possibilities, cultivate their courage, and tap their potential. We are part of a group here who are inspired to chase their dreams, overcome limitations, and take action in the real world. Thank you for listening to the Zenfluence Podcast. Let's get started. All right, guys, welcome to the Zenfluence Podcast. I'm here with Emoshi Danya. He's into fitness, uh, he's a hard worker, and he's just on a journey right now. And I want to dive over into his story, where he was born, who he is, and kind of what he stands for, because he's someone who's very motivational, you know, um, inspires a lot of people through his fitness and just his work ethic as well. So I'll pass it over to you, Emoshi, and uh, who is Emoshi Danya? That's a good question. Mm. Um, I guess someone who's just trying to like make a name for himself and and I guess do things, accomplish things that like weren't exactly like set out for him to accomplish. Um, yeah, basically. So, so like, why do you want to accomplish these things? Like, where do you get that motivation from? Um, I'd say a lot of it is kind of looking around and like throughout my life, I do think like I've done a lot of things that I was supposed to do in terms of like going to school, you know, getting an education, getting a job, like right away, things like that. And it was, it's good to do that and accomplish those things for your family and all that. But like, I didn't really get a lot of happiness from it because I was more doing things because I was supposed to do them and not because I, I actually wanted to do it. So like doing things that are left field and accomplishing things that aren't um, the norm mm-hmm. is some is something that I find like gives you a lot of, um, what's the word? I'd say self-confidence uh, and like 
makes you feel what's the word uh, self-efficacy that's the mm-hmm. word I'm looking for it's something that gives you self-efficacy and that's something that you should strive for yeah no like so let's shift it back to where emotion was built like where, where did you grow up what were your parents like um so I grew up in Nigeria in Nigeria um, yeah so I moved actually to Canada when I was let's say 13 so about 2009 mm-hmm. um yeah it was Nigeria is great. I think my parents were pretty strict, but that's pretty common in our culture. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate the strictness because it provides structure uh, when you're growing up. Um, my family's also really religious. So there's also, the, it's like the cherry on top of the strictness, I guess. And yeah. Yeah, kind of. So we had to do things a certain way. Um, and yeah, like that, my parents are also really big on education and finding a way to provide for your family should be like your ultimate goal in life which i completely agree with but i also have found growing up that you want to provide not just to you want to provide and you want to be a caretaker but you want to be providing doing something you want to do you don't want to provide just to provide if that makes any sense so so like from living in nigeria and moving to canada Hmm. uh what was that move like and like what, what were your memories there um honestly i was excited yes yeah. i i was in boarding school at the time and oh life in boarding school life in boarding school oh, is man. it's okay but it's not it's like it's not glamorous so, so what was your boarding school experience like what um was, what was that it was the first time in your in my life i guess i I, got, I went to a place and no matter like the people didn't know who i was they had no um reason to like me other than if I was someone who was fun to talk to or smart or something like that. And it was, yeah, the first time where everyone kind of came in on a level playing field um, and your worth, I guess, overall was basically what you did with it. Whereas a lot of kids grow up and they can be terrible people, but because people have known them all their lives, they just kind of like take it or your parents love you regardless. So it doesn't matter. You can act a certain way. I found in boarding school that you got you had to watch how you acted. You had to watch how you talk to people. Like obviously, be yourself, but mm-hmm. then at the same time, like you got to factor in that this is the new community, and the only currency here is character. Wow. So, how old were you when you first started that boarding school? I was nine. Nine years old. So, like with a boarding school, is it like an all males like no. separate from your parents? Or? Yeah. So you are separated from your parents, and um, not all are like this, but mine um it was called Loyola um and so basically how it all worked was every kid takes this like every kid around grade six takes this like common entrance like exam Mm. and then they take the top 10 percent and they put you in this like school right wow and it it sounds really awesome so Mm. like when you get selected you're like yes love it (laughs) but then you realize it's a boarding school still (laughs) and so yeah, it was. I was really excited. I, I took it because my parents obviously made me. But at the same time, I wanted to be like, am I one of the you know top kids at the time? And my brother actually went to British International, which is an awesome school that I thought I was going to go to. And then I realized when I got into Loyola that that was not my fate. Like I was, if I got in, I have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was. It was a good experience. I was around a lot of smart kids. Like. And it's kind of crazy now seeing like what those kids have like become and um like i'm proud of it i'm proud of i'm even proud to just be like associated with it 
but the day-to-day in boarding school is just like not fun it is very strict it is hard line wait so let's let's come into the day-to-day like what was the life day in living in a boarding school okay so um so you'd be in a room with about let's say 14 kids right it's a bit big room it's not, not like we're boxed in but you're living with 14 kids in one room all ranging between um nine and 16 or 10 and 16 i just came in a little bit younger because my birthday is later in the year um so how old were you when you you were nine i was nine nine when i first started but like i turned 10 like literally a month and a half okay um and yeah like live with all these kids and you realize like the the power structure is is crazy because (laughs) it's it's there's like there are times obviously you're supervised but for Mm. like 88 percent of the time kids govern kids and there's no way a, a nine-year-old can speak his case to a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. And there's no way, like, I remember thinking when I was there, I was like, how come this kid is such a, like, such a terrible person or something like mm-hmm. that? And I realized, like, he was still a kid, too. He just happened to be way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so navigating that was interesting. So, so how did you, like, this is kind of like that Lord of the Flies dynamic. Where yeah, it's like exactly. Kids, ruling kids, right? How, how did you navigate through that environment? Well, there was no college, so <laughs> that, that didn't help. But at the same time, um, I would say the biggest thing was being, knowing when to talk and knowing when not to talk. Knowing what conversations you should repeat and what conversations you shouldn't. Knowing who you should talk to and who you should stay clear of. And I think that's like super, like that's something that translates all your life. Like if you're like, wow, that is someone these are the people i think are will treat me properly so on and so forth that's who you should spend your time with Mm -hmm. and we had kids who had like a separate mentality where like okay that guy's a bully right Mm -hmm. so what i'm gonna do every day is make him like me go out of my way and make him like and i'm like dude a bully's a bully let it go Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that was something that like i had to like learn was like okay if if he is just on his own path of destruction, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like being so like in terms of like color, um, and not that I play too big a role, but like a lot of people, like a lot of Nigerians are like a little bit like darker than me. So I did like stand out a little bit mm-hmm. and it was a lot easier for someone to spot me if I was doing something wrong or at the same time like I was more known in a sense because of how I looked. So it, was, it wasn't the easiest to avoid people, put it that way. Mm-hmm. So looking back at that boarding school experience, what would you say are like, some, like, like let's say the biggest lesson you learned? Um, character is everything, for sure. Um, yeah, like if, if you're likable, you can get a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't want to be in boarding school yeah <laughs> um, to be honest uh so like any the opportunity to leave was so enticing mm-hmm. and uh there are a lot of smart people in this world man like that was something that like you go from at the time i was one of the smartest kids in my school but then you go to a school of smart kids and the first thing you realize is you're not as smart as you think you were there is someone smarter. If you think you can read, there's someone who reads faster, better, and retains more. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was very, like, demoralizing because I was like, man, like, maybe I'm just not as, like, smart as I thought I was. And it took me a while, actually, actually even after boarding school, to realize that, like, effort is more important at a certain stage than 
than like the natural like like gift like there were kids there who would study monday to friday nine to nine and i was like man we're 13 what are you doing you know but they kind of saw or at least their parents kind of made them see that you have to do that to compete and some people in like times of i guess stress they fold some people fold and some people like strive right so just go further and that was something that was like very apparent there was a lot of smart kids didn't do well myself included my first year was terrible Mm -hmm. and you learn and you get better at it but there's also a lot of smart kids who there are kids who aren't as smart but work way harder and at the end of the day the results are the results you know so so, so you're saying like in that school, even though it was like the school of highly elite smart kids yeah. in the country, and then there you notice that some of the kids that uh, worked harder end up doing better just because of that work ethic side. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. That was kind of the, fir- the first taste of it. Like, yes, there was like a bar you had to meet on an IQ level, but at the same time, like after you, it's like a threshold. Once you're there, everything else is up to you, I guess, unless you're like a prodigy, which there were two, so... So, so another thing too, Moshe, is you said like at some point you were dying to leave that place, right? Of course. Like let's let dive into some of the darker days. Like do you remember certain experiences or stories where like why did you really want to leave? Like why did you want to get out of there? I think um, the biggest reason I wanted to leave um, was I just like, I, put this way, I saw North America as just like this like grand place. So when the opportunity came, it was like, of course, like, of course I check out. But boarding school life is not like at the end of the day is not fun. It's you don't you don't get to go you don't we didn't have phones, mm-hmm. we didn't have internet, like we had internet but it was only for school based activities and there was no such thing as social media which was an upside, but at the same time like you couldn't watch T V all the time. You watch T V once every two weeks. Oh you know, and like not that you need it but a lot of your freedoms are like given up. You don't have any privacy. You live in a room of fourteen people, and also like, you always wanted to be the senior, because that's when life got easy. And I was another three years away from being senior by the time I left. Mm-hmm. And like, it's five years of not so good for a great year, your sixth year, and I would rather have taken pretty good years all the way through mm-hmm. and had like more fun I guess in, in that span of time so that's that was it it wasn't it wasn't horrible it wasn't terrible it was just I knew there were better things out there and there clearly were mm-hmm. so then from that point of shifting away from the boarding school and you moved to uh, like what happened where did you move next like you moved to Canada or yeah so I moved to Calgary oh Calgary okay. yeah, yeah yeah straight to Calgary Um, went southeast uh, went to Father Wellhand uh yeah it's a cool experience very different school was very lax wait what was the biggest differences you thought um well <laughs> from not, boarding school to not having to wear a uniform crazy me mm-hmm. um taking public transit to school was also very strange um but why was that strange lived in school oh yeah that's a, that's a good point yeah so like you can't like hearing me, someone say oh I missed the bus so I couldn't get to my first class is, mm-hmm. is ridiculous um, I'm trying to think school was a lot slower like it was very competitive um, back home so for example a teacher is writing something on the board mm-hmm. and like he's not like it's math and he's not done the equation there's five kids who know the answer right and everyone's like blurting it out so like the classes are like so fast paced 
and then you kind of get here and everyone's just kind of like waiting for the teacher to like tell them the answer and I was like man this is slow yeah like really slow and it was like it was nice because I basically didn't have to pay attention <laughs> to get to get through school but then at the same time I was like man like this education needs to pick up at some point or else we're like we're stagnant and that that's kind of how I felt about it so, so then from that I know you got kind of got into football and athleticism yeah and your fitness how, how did you bridge the gap from number one going to the sporting school in Nigeria for elite performers and then all of a sudden you move to Canada this new country where it's a different type of education system yeah. and then you then you jump into athletics um well, like, we played soccer a lot in Nigeria, so, like, athletics was always a big part, I guess. Um, but in high school, actually, in junior high, a coach from my high school at the time came and talked to us about football and why we should play when we should sign up when we, um, when we came to high school. And I was like, I'm not going to get hit. That's, ter- yeah. that's a terrible idea. Um, but then, next thing you know, it's grade 10, and all my friends were signing up and I was like, I'm not signing up, I don't want to do this. But then you're practicing every day after school. Mm-hmm. You got no friends to hang out with. So I was like, man, maybe I should play. Just to see the like literally just to see the boys. And that's kinda how I got into football. Was just like I just wanna hang out with my friends after school mm-hmm. and this is a good excuse to do it. And I will just avoid getting hit for as long as I can. Um, and then we played our first game. It went really well. And then we kept playing. And then my coach was like, dude, you're good at this. Like, really good at this. You should take this, like, a little bit more seriously. Uh, I did. And it ended up, obviously, translating into a scholarship offer to UC. And then, yeah. So how did you, like, now that you transitioned to the scholarship offer to for football? Yeah. How did you transition out of that? What was your experience with pursuing the football path or pursuing education? Like, were you divided with what to do? Yeah, I was always divided because my parents weren't, like, on board, you know, um, with all of it. But I'd say... Why were your parents on board with Because it took away from the education. Mm -hmm. Football is a commitment. And that's something that... It's fun in high school. But once you get to university, you realize how much of a commitment it actually is. Like, there, you put hours in. Like, this isn't, it's not a game anymore. Well, mm-hmm. it is. But at the same time, like, you're, this is your life a little bit. And it's really easy to put um, school on the back burner. And that's something my parents were like, like, no, we didn't send you to the best school in your country. We didn't bring you here for you to, you know, get CTE. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that doesn't add up. And... It was really hard trying to balance the two because like obviously I wanted to make my parents happy, but I really felt like, you know, I could like I have a shot at this, I like playing and stuff and and then it almost became I gotta prove to my parents that I'm good at this so it doesn't seem like I'm wasting their time and I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And that's kinda when football started to go a little bit downhill for me, was that I kinda lost like why I was doing it. Because at first it was just, I played football to hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. And then it became, oh, you're good at this. You should keep doing it. And then this and this. And I'm sitting, I think it was my fourth or fifth year. And I'm like, we're in practice and I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm like, man, I hate it here. Like, I, don't, I have no issue. Like, I love football. Like, I love watching it. But like, I hate being in this room watching all these vid, like, mm-hmm. watching the same film 
It's day four. And like, I know what's going on and I'm just trying not to pass out. And I'm like, man, like there's so many hours in a day that I give to this and I hate it. I'm like looking around at the team and at that time, like a lot of the friends I had made at the team had transferred to different schools, things like that. And I was like, like I got friends on the team, but these aren't the guys I want to spend all my time with. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And I thought about like my future and like where I was going. And actually that day, I went and right after practice went to my coach and I was like hey it's been a great opportunity appreciate it um, see you when I see you and yeah stop playing oh, so then from that point you make the decision to pursue another path uh, not exactly uh, there's some there were some days where I've, like my identity was a little was a little up in the air I guess because you become a football player and that's what you're known for and then you stop playing and I kept asking myself like what what am I known for now mm-hmm. And yeah, that was that was kind of tough for me to be like to like accept that in a weird sense. Like I was just the regular guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it took a couple months here and there. Just like I would always just go on walks, like go to the mall, walk around, things like that. Just find ways to like kill my day. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you realize you've killed a lot of days and you have nothing to show for it. And that's something that really, really, really um, it relates to fitness, but. It relates to anything you do in life. It's like even when you're studying, is a lot of people would wait till the last night of a test and then they'll pack it all in. But if you just did an hour to a day, like the week before, you're so much fresher, you're so much better, you're guaranteed a better mark. Mm-hmm. And that applies the same way to working out. Like if you're not gonna do an impressive six hour workout and just get jacked, no, it doesn't make any sense. You got to put months in advance but an hour there 30 minutes there you know Mm -hmm. things like that and that it's like building blocks basically and that's something that like occurred to me during that time of like not doing anything was like man it's been like four or five months and i haven't done anything Mm -hmm. i've gone to school don't get me wrong but like other than that like i'm just kind of cruising you know and it kind of hit me i was like if i just like maybe they said started working out a little bit more. I liked it anyway. Like I, I trained aside from football. I liked it, mm-hmm. or things like that. I was hmm, like, I just put an hour every day into it. Like we can see. Let's see what happens two years from now, three years from now, four years from now. And like, I'm not where I want to be, but looking back then, I'm like really happy. I like implemented that like mentality, you know? Because it's more like in line with what you want to do. I exactly. Guess. Exactly. So, so here's a good question for you, Moshi. Okay. Let's say there's a similar person around the young, a young guy, maybe even a guy who's worked a job for like, let's say 20 years and he just hates it, right? He's sitting okay. in, he's kind of the same way you're sitting in that film class watching those fit football reruns and you're like, why am I here? Yeah. Right. Let's say there's a guy who's literally out there and he's not so passionate about what he does and he knows that there's another calling for him. What advice would you give him to, you know, be able to transition and into something he really wants to do? Um, like I feel like we've heard there are like so many truisms and like idioms about this like life's too short like all that stuff like I think that's valid but at the same time it's if you absolutely hate it it'll kill you like that's just at the end of the day Mm -hmm. um but also just try things like it's like fitness wasn't the first idea for me like it was just something as a hobby um tried tried a lot of things actually before that and some things went really well. Some things went really well, and I'm like, maybe I don't like this as much as I thought I did. Other things went horribly, and I was like, mm, 
it makes sense mm-hmm. and yeah if you if you're someone who's constantly trying things like don't don't just put your eggs in one basket because let's say this guy that's sitting at a desk and hates it right let's say he's an oil and gas mm-hmm. right and he's put all his eggs in that basket right now like he's probably done you know what i mean like he's mm-hmm. probably been laid off and that's like that's kind of what is scary but at the same time can be used as motivation is when you're working for like a big corporation a hundred percent of your time you get paid a like a fraction of what the of the effort you're putting in basically so let's say um you're like a data analyst right Mm -hmm. you spend eight hours a day doing that and you build all these reports that this company uses to make millions of dollars right so your time is going into making the CEO or the owner or the board of directors or whatever a ton of money, mm-hmm. literally a ton of money. And you see a fraction of that, which is enough for you to live, not not for you to retire on any time soon because they need you to keep coming back, mm-hmm. but enough for you to live. But if you're working for yourself and you're doing something for your, like for yourself, you're going to see 100% back of that profit. Yes, it's a bit of an investment at first and it can seem like a little scary, but that's exactly like how I see it is... You spend, why spend so much time helping someone else be successful when you can help yourself? Mm-hmm. And the more you kind of get in that mindset, the easier it is for you to be like, you know what? <sighs> Maybe after work today, I've always wanted to play guitar. Maybe I'll learn. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll learn a little bit. Because worst case scenario, you're really good at guitar. You know what I mean? you may be not famous, but you're really good. And you could probably impress a girl or two mm-hmm. along the way. So, so how do you think someone out there who's, let's say he's working at that oil and gas job, mm-hmm. He has this passion or hobby he wants to get into on the side. Yeah. Like, how can he ease into that? That's research. Start small. Talk to people, Mm -hmm. I would say. And that's kind of like what I did was um, I actually ended up working at Good Life um, for a while there. And I'd I'd see powerlifters come in. I would see bodybuilders in competition. I would see, like, guys who their lifestyle, they were, like, 4% body fat year-round. That was their lifestyle, and I just like ask questions and see what this guy's doing, what he's eating, what he like, and it was so helpful because you kind of get your it builds your knowledge, but you get like multifaceted, which is something that everyone should try, strive for. Mm-hmm. Knowing one thing really well is great, but we live in a world where you have to be adaptable, and knowing a little bit more is very helpful. And that was something I found with that is there's similarities between the guy who is shredded year round for no reason like it like literally has no reason to be like that but hey good for him you know and then the guy who is trying to get as strong as possible mm-hmm. and when i thought about like my like ideal physique and what i wanted to i wanted to always like stay somewhat athletic i never wanted to be bulky i never wanted to be the leanest man out there i wanted to be someone who could look good in clothes could move well but then at the same time like um, like at the same time, I also wanted to be someone that like you could tell, okay, this guy commits his body, like this guy commits his body to the gym. Mm-hmm. This guy is obviously like serious about what he does. And I never saw, I didn't really see like a field of that really. And to be honest, like I wouldn't even know what to call it right now, but mm-hmm. learning all, learning all those different things from all the different people is something that has had helped me like kind of envision what I wanted like for myself. So if this guy is at this desk and let's say he likes cooking, man, social media is huge, man. Go on Tasty, start watching those videos, start practicing, Mm -hmm. 
you know, if you suck at it, that's that's okay. Like, we're at a stage in life, and I do think that this is something that's um, this is something that stops a lot of people from doing things. Is when you grow up, right? There's always that kid who can run faster. There's always that kid who's just like it's just a nap, like a natural. Like you're like, God damn, like yeah, like come on, man. You know, like how is he better than me? Like I'm practicing, but when we get to our 20s and 30s 40s 50s like if you're good at something it's because you put the time in period Mm -hmm. no one's good at things naturally anymore no one i don't know anyone who can just walk in at 28 pick up a piano and start playing mozart that's not the case anymore the effort is there so if you're not good at something but you like it and you're passionate about it put the time in 10 years down with 10,000 hours, I think is like the rule, right? You spend 10,000 hours doing something, you'll get good at it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it's because you didn't really commit. Damn, I, I love that, man. Hey. Damn, you, I, have no, I have no response to that one. <laughs> that was like, well said. Um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was well said, man. But uh, I guess, so coming back to fitness, Emoshi, like what role has fitness played in your life? I would say it's given me structure a little bit. Um, I think I perform well when my day is a little bit more regimented. If I kind of let my day go in, up in the air, I can kill six hours doing absolutely nothing. Mm. So a big thing for me with fitness was waking up early in the morning and working out first thing, right? And something about that, like being able to accomplish that, mm. just like carried into my day. It was like, okay, I can do this. All right, like it's, it's five o'clock, I'm up. I've gone to the gym, I'm back, I've had breakfast, it's 8. I have, and I had, at the time, I had classes at like 2 p.m. So between 8 and 2, I had nothing better to do than to study. Mm-hmm. So I studied, trickled in, and that would trickle into 2 p.m. First class, I already read what I'm supposed to be like learning. So I'm going in not really like learn, not, not really learning something new, but I'm able to ask questions and like um, build my knowledge in class and things like that. And that was kind of, it almost felt like, I was just setting myself up for success like hour by hour by hour by hour and by the time I went to bed at like I think at the time I was going to bed around like 9, 9.30 by the time I went to bed around that time I was, I felt like I was like man it was a good day like, mm. like, I, like I killed it today and I always have uh, you know James you know James Harden? Uh, yeah, the basketball player? Yeah yeah like uh, actually no it's more Carmelo Anthony so Carmelo Anthony has this thing it's like, like hoodie mellow you ever, you ever heard of that? Alright so like in the off season, he puts a hoodie on and he just like goes in and grinds, right? Mm. And I always like that kind of like hoodie mellow mentality where it's like, no one's seeing me right now. I'm grinding, I'm grinding. Like to, I'm pushing the, the envelope. I don't have to tell anybody, but I'm grinding right now. And there were so many times where it became my routine and like a year would pass, two years, by through. And then someone, you'd be in a class with someone who knew me in first year, but then, hadn't seen me really I mean, we're fourth year we're in a class together and right and they'll be like oh man like oh, that was a terrible test like i got like a I got like a 30 because back in the day like you know i'd be like ah yeah you know yeah me too i hate it that was a terrible test like fuck kill this right and like now it's like oh yeah like how you like how did you do and i was like i did great and like he'd be like wait the hell like how like did you have the end i'm like no i studied like i put the time in mm-hmm. and it like made me feel so much better about myself, but it also made me feel like, like when you work for something and you achieve it, is way better than if you just kind of stumble upon it, you know. And that like every time like 
when I was approaching a test, like back to like back to that, like back in the day when I was approaching a test, I'd be like, oh crap, 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 crap. I did not put it enough time and I'm mm-hmm. freaking out in the exam, but I'll write it anyway. And it that translated to my last years of like university being like, I'm I put so much time in, I better get an A. Like I am like there's no way what can this guy possibly ask me that I don't know the answer to? And that translates to like fitness. It's like if you have if you're going not that I would ever do a bodybuilding comp, but if you go a bodybuilding comp, you could be freaking out if you've been slacking. Mm-hmm. But if you put every ounce of sweat in there, they come to you like there's no way I'm not gonna be on this stage and look great. Like there isn't. And that 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 should be like that mentality that the comp there's a confidence that like comes from that and just like this like straight line like vision that like you literally cannot get anywhere else mm-hmm. like no one can tell you that you just gotta like like do it you know like I remember eating at the court with this guy for lunch one time and uh, there's all these options to get and he like pulls out this like meal planned like I think you were cutting at the time. And you were like so disciplined and it was like, wow, like you're still even out at fast food and all these options right in front of you. You're still like streamlined and focused on your goals and like eating the foods that you need to eat for your fitness uh, journey. But like, how do you think someone can build that discipline? Let's say someone who's just getting into it, like new to fitness, new to even just other types of goal setting, how to build that discipline that kind of you built over time. Um... I think discipline comes from like motivation and we've we've spoken about this before is Mm -hmm. it's very like defining motivation or getting people motivated is extremely difficult because it is something that is at its core internal right and if you are if you are left with no other options you will do it basically and thinking about let's say someone who has a meal plan and he wants to he really wants to stick to it like he, he or he thinks he really wants to stick to it mm-hmm. why is it because he believes like if he sticks to it the body or how he'll feel is going to be is going to make him that much happier or is it because his current situation is uncomfortable and that's something like people need to ask themselves especially when they're starting out like are you comfortable if you're comfortable why why change why move why leave and that's something that you have to constantly ask yourself because I, I get into those phases too. Is like sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I got something coming up. I should probably like lean down, but I'm like, oh, I'm a pretty lean guy. Like, you know, maybe I should just like, you know, like I'll just do me and I'll, I'll show up. And at the same time, I'm like, that's the kind of thing that kills motivation. It kills discipline because if you're comfortable, you're not going to be like, no, I got to stick to that. And, or you're not going to be like, no, I got to work out. I got to train hard. And when you think about, like society and people being comfortable. Someone, I read this actually in like a sociology class and I thought it was so interesting. It's like people who are obese have it hard, like extremely hard. Like people have no idea. I guess if you're obese, then you do, but people have no idea. Is society treats obese people like they're nothing. It's basically like, I think the words they used was, or like if you were, if you see someone that's obese, it's like, it's like an outward manifestation of like an inner problem of a lack of self-control of a lack of discipline you're fat because you can't stop eating you don't know how to control yourself right mm-hmm. and 
you see a lot of times on like social media you'll see like i lost 100 pounds i lost 50 pounds i lost 200 pounds right and but yet it's hard for somebody to lose 10 Mm -hmm. who is not big who is just like a regular dude it's hard for him to lose 10 it's hard for him to gain 10 you know like just just things like that and the reason is society has made it so uncomfortable for these people to be the way they are Mm -hmm. that they have no other option but to be in the like to like commit like and then 50 10 whatever 100 pounds is nothing because they know that where they were before is not acceptable like is now if you are someone who let's say you're a regular guy you're not big you know so you look all right in a t-shirt but you want to be like shredded and all your friends around you are shredded you know that if you're looking for a wife for example Mm -hmm. and everyone around you is just on the best shape of their life and that's who you're competing with you're gonna you're gonna work out hard you're gonna be disciplined you're not gonna be like oh you know what today i'll have some today i'll have like a a huge tub of ice cream there's obviously like you can let yourself enjoy life don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong but that's kind of where it comes from are you comfortable if you're comfortable there's nothing wrong with that stay comfortable but don't but don't be in a sense where you're like oh i just can't find the discipline it's like no it's just you're not motivated because you're comfortable and that's that's okay wow so so essentially like because people get too comfortable that's kind of the thing that holds them back whereas i like that example with you know people who maybe are society says that's wrong Mm -hmm. they're kind of under pressure so then it's easier for them to like cut that weight or go out and change things um i guess even coming back to that emoshi like where are you headed like what's what's the future for you man the future is Future is bright, man. Like I don't know. I'd I'd say if I could map out a future for myself, it would be something like The Rock's career, um, but bigger and done in my own way. And I think that's something I like. I really like about him is he he kept to his like he's him, and I love that. Um, and I think like with how I feel about sports, I love sports, man. I love sports probably a little bit more than I love fitness. I just can't keep playing sports at the highest level right now Mm -hmm. um is if i can find a way to mesh the two and also like have my personality in there i think that'd be great i want to be in movies i want to i want to own gyms i want to have my own line jordan if you're out there you know um sponsor me (laughs) um but just things like that i think that would be that would be something that i would uh i would love and it's something I'm striving towards. Like every day, I try to do at least one thing that gets me a little bit, a little bit closer, just a step closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that has been on my mind a lot, and something I do think will come out of it, is starting, like starting some foundations. Um, I have some ideas. Not, I won't get into it too much. But the biggest thing for me is like the homelessness issue, and like if I can change that, or even if it's just in the city of Calgary. If I could like have like a profound impact on that, that's something that I think would be like would make not only the success aspect of it like worth it, mm-hmm. but like could encourage more people to do things like along those lines. Cause man, these streets are cold, man. And mm-hmm. like if just like if if you can like just dedicate a little bit more time into like tackling tackling some social issues, like if everyone gave or if everyone gave a little bit more time into that, it just multiplies, man. Like, it absolutely multiplies. So that's where I see myself, I guess, in the future. 
so emotionally working people <clears throat> like find you and support the journey like see this like where, where, where can they find you on social or all right like, so check out so I go by I go by Danny King online. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, um, and you can find me on YouTube. Um, I got a lot of videos coming up soon, and uh, still working on my Instagram content. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, yeah, it, if you are someone who is motivated or who is like minded or who kind of relates to what I'm saying, like definitely get in contact with me. I like to talk to people about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I guess one more question for you, but uh, let's say if you had to go back to your like 14 or your nine-year-old self, yeah. right when you're in that boarding school, you get to this, you know, in this new environment, you're not really used to it. What would you tell that nine-year-old version of Ramorshi? Like what advice would you have for him? Um, I wouldn't have any because I tell him to do exactly what he's doing. I tell him to make every mistake, every single mistake again, because if I didn't, if I nav- if someone told me what I needed to do and I navigated that myself, I don't think it would have stuck the way it's stuck now. And uh, yeah, you gotta fail, man. Like you really do. Like, and you gotta be okay. You gotta be comfortable with not everyone liking you. You gotta be comfortable with not being the best person to everyone. And that was something that it was good to learn at that age, especially like, I feel like at the time I did not think I was that young, but like looking back, I was like, holy crap. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, like every, like you, your personality, your character, your essence is all your experiences, right? Thus far. Mm-hmm. And me going back in time, I guess, and telling myself to change things, in essence, is changing me now. And I wouldn't change anything about myself thus far because I, I like I like who I am and I like who I'm becoming mm-hmm. and yeah like that's that's exactly how I feel about that and there you have it guys that's Amorshi Danya definitely go check him out this is someone who really motivates me um, you know fitness wise just overall mindset and work ethic wise um, definitely check him out there's big things coming ahead and thanks, uh, man. yeah thanks so much for joining me on this Netflix podcast thanks for having me it's awesome